1: What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? This is BGN Radio, episode number 81. I am here with you, Brandon Lee Gowton, your host from BleedingGreenNation.com. I am joined today, once again, for the second episode. Uh, he made his big debut last week, and people around the nation, around the world, around the universe, really, if we're being honest, are uh, talking about the debut of the one, the only, the writer for, who covers the Eagles for Philly Voice, Jimmy Kemsky. Jimmy, how Hello, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing good. Kind of. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Yes, I'm good.
1: Okay. that's All right. That's the podcast. All right. All right have a good night, everybody. <laughs> See you later. All right. Turn it off right now. Um, <laughs> Actually, don't do that because we have a lot to talk about. Probably too much to talk about, but we're going to try to get to it all. There's just a lot going on with the Eagles. Um, a lot more stressful, I would say. A lot more things going on than there really were at the oh, time Oh, people week. are nervous. People are nervous. People didn't
2: like that game and all well, the things that happened in it. And the injuries and the injuries
1: and, and I guess that's a good place to start. Okay, the Eagles have a ton of injuries here. They had thirteen they thir- players, there are thirteen
2: guys on the injury report. It's week three, and then on top of that, they have like a half dozen guys that are already on IR.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's that's, out of control. Thirteen guys is basically twenty five percent of your fifty three man roster. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's not good and good
2: players on there too.
1: Let's get into how I guess you know coming out of this Falcons game. I can't get over. Like, I have to start this from the top because this is, Jimmy, honestly, I don't know how you felt during that game, but watching the Falcons, uh, that Falcons game, like, I couldn't process it. Like, during the game and even after, it was the strangest game, and the thing that I'm still, like, struggling to grasp here is how do you have three guys who combined for 15 receptions? Over like 220 yards and four touchdowns in week one. And that's Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun right. Jackson, Dallas Goddard. Just get hurt in pregame warm-ups. Like John <laughs> right. Clark said. Now, I know that Alshon and, and Deshaun played a little bit. But John Clark said they were feeling uncomfortable in pregame warm-ups. And we know Dallas Goddard get hurt in pregame warm-ups. Like, what the hell is that?
2: I don't know. It's crazy. I, I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, you'll see it every now and again with one player. But I've right. never even seen
1: two, much less three. And here's the thing: like I can recall, like Reggie Bush, that happened to him in 2013. I think it happened to Evan Ingram before the Eagles played the Giants one time. But like those guys were on the injury report too. Like Deshaun, Alshon, and Goddard were not, not on the them. injury <laughs> report. Right? <So laughs> right like, what exactly. The hell? Like I, it's just so mind blowing to me. Like how it's almost like how can you take anything away from that game? Because it's such like an aberration. It's like, yeah. such an anomaly. It's like well, like I, I, how do I judge this?
2: And they were there. I mean, you can blame them a little bit for not having three tight ends on their roster. Absolutely. There's definitely blame there, but when you're going into a game and it's going to be heavy two tight end sets, and then you <laughs> lose one of your tight ends in the uh, pregame warmups, they have to kind of adjust totally on the fly. And then obviously, as you mentioned, you lose two of your receivers, so now your you know your eleven personnel sets are they're all screwed up. And you're playing guys like J.J. Ar- Ar- excuse me, Arthego Whiteside <laughs> and Matt Collins and you know Nelson Aguilar now as your number one receiver, and it's bedlam. I mean, it's it's hard to kind of recover from the, that kind of major surprise happening in literally the first quarter of a game and before that.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're such a slow starting offense
2: anyway. It's not like it's a, a right. Of and then you throw that on top of it, and, and you know, I, I thought actually Doug, Peter- Doug Peters, Doug Peterson's getting kind of a decent amount of heat after this game. Which mm-hmm. is crazy to me. I think I think that he actually coached this off, given the circumstances. They almost won. I mean,
1: Nelson Aguilar doesn't drop that catch, and they yeah. win the game, probably. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, that's insane. The fact that they were in that, I think, definitely tells you something about the team. But just getting into the injuries a little bit more from where they are now, I mean, they're just... We talked about the injury report. Like, Deshaun is reportedly out for two games. That's the word from Tim McManus uh, with an abdominal injury. Um, And apparently, he had that, like, going into the season. I saw Zach Blatt or Rosenblatt from – I said Zach Blatt. as I said his Twitter (laughs) handle is his real name. I do that. Um, Right. uh, So, apparently, he had that before week one. So, I don't know what that's all about. You have Alshon Jeffrey who – I think Ian Rappaport kind of said like his status could be in doubt. So it was a little more vague. He didn't practice on Wednesday for, you know, the walkthrough. So we don't know what's going on with him. Dallas Goddard also not practicing. They're decimated early. Timmy Jernigan,
2: (laughs) Timmy Jernigan, which wouldn't have been a big injury like, you know, two weeks ago, but now is because he's one of your starting defensive tackles. And you're going to have guys like Hassan Ridgeway. Oh, man, I already forgot the guy that they signed that was the. Akeem Spence. Akeem Spence, right. And then uh, Fletcher Cox has not been the same beast of a player that we yeah. know him to be he's just not been that guy so far this season well he's been on the injury report speaking of injuries yeah well yeah i think he you know hasn't been 100 for the you know at all at any point this season so far and i think that's kind of shown and or rather it hasn't shown like he hasn't <clears throat> he hasn't shown rather he hasn't like you know been any kind of impact player at all so far this season so that defensive tackle spot heading into the season you know a lot of people self-included were like they're loaded there, and now it's not loaded. I mean, loaded isn't the word I'd use. I think they're, it's, a, it's a significant concern area for them now.
1: I mean, they only have three guys. You know, they usually like to go four deep, and right now they haven't made a roster move to add a fourth defensive tackle to the roster. I don't so think good. they will either. Yeah, I, I guess they wouldn't, you know, at this point. It's Wednesday already.
2: If you're going to sign a guy, I would think it would be a receiver.
1: Yeah. I the last thing on injuries as a whole I want to talk about is just like, so why do we think this is happening? Because everyone's like – has a theory why what's what's the reason is it because this is an older roster i know you do the age study every year jimmy and they're the second oldest roster like is it bad luck is it both like what's the deal what's
2: your theory i mean the training staff they fired some guys this off season well documented is not the way i'd put it because kind of not that well documented like it's such a such a hard thing to evaluate and, and to get information on in you know, a thing like the the medical staff age may be part of it you know, a, a friend of, of of the pot, I guess you'd call Shiraz Aladina. You know who he is, right? Yes. From, from From Twitter. Sunset yes. Shaz. He put, yes, he put out some, uh, some stuff on Twitter about age and the correlation between that and injuries and kind of came up as inconclusive. So I don't know if that's it or not. I, rem- I remember that age piece that I do every year. So the Eagles, like you said, are the second oldest team in the NFL at 26.6. And if I can like, Actually, go off, off track here for a second. Please do. That's what we're about here. Last year, they were 25.7. Their average age was 25.7. This year, is 26.6. Mm-hmm. When I realized that, like I just put out, like when I did the Eagles numbers, I just tweeted very quickly. It's just for informational purposes. Last year, they were 25.7. This year, they're 26.6. And then like instantaneously, <laughs> a ton of people are, re- are replying with like, you know, like the Nick Cage gif of like you don't say as if like you know adding one year of age is you know it's kind of the normal thing it's like,
1: everyone got a year older
2: yeah right well you know what if it were not so like the by that logic in 1983 their average age was <laughs> negative 10.6 years old that's in the crazy. year 2050 it'll be 57.6 years old that's pretty so concerning like, it was, <laughs> it's making me so mad all these people replying that but the reality is they actually uh, had the biggest age increase year over year in the entire NFL. Actually, they were tied uh, with the Cowboys on that, on an average inc- of, of an average increase of 0.9 years, years of age uh, from 2018 to 2019. So they did get significantly older from one year to the next, which is kind of crazy because you know, they actually lost like a pretty significant number of uh, older players this year from Chris Long to Michael Bennett. Well, there Mike are a Wallace. bunch of others. Yeah, Mike Wallace is another one. Um, anyway, the, the, the list kind of goes on there. But then this year they sign guys like Josh McCown, who's forty, Deshaun Jackson, who's going to be thirty-three in December, Vinnie Carey, Andrew Sandeo, Malik Jackson, Zach Brown, L.J. Ford, Jonathan Cyprien. All those guys are twenty-nine are years or, or older. So like that eight pack of players, you look at like what's happened with them so far. Deshaun Jackson's already hurt. Vinnie mm. Curry hasn't done anything yet. Andrew Sandeo sucks. Malik Jackson is done for the year. Zach Brown's fine, whatever. LJ4 has not played a snap in the regular defense yet. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Ciprian's played, I believe, two snaps so far this year. So they signed all these older players. A few of them are hurt already, which kind of goes to the point that we were talking about before. But, like, they do this every year. And it worked fantastically in the year they won the Super Bowl, you know, in 2017, with all the older guys that they signed, from Chris Long to LeGarrette Blunt to – Torrey Smith, you know, they got like major contributions to all these sort of low money, but aging player signings. Then it didn't work last year when they signed a bunch of those guys. And this year so far, not so good. So that strategy looked awesome for (laughs) for one year, but the two subsequent years not looking great so far, though I will say certainly Deshaun Jackson was, you know, obviously huge in that first week one game. But anyway, um, I'm kind of way off track here. I guess the point is, or there really is no point here in terms of There's no you know, point. in terms of injury correlation with age. You know, it is an older roster, and yeah. they have actually uh, the most players in the NFL that are 29 years of age or older. They have mm. 18 guys that are 29 that are either 29 or older. I think that's a good way to lay it out there. I don't think you can just say
1: it's age alone because the Patriots are older, right? And I was looking at where they were. Were they number one last year? Were they the oldest team?
2: Mm, they I'd have to look that up again. I think I, they were.
1: We, they were definitely up there. Though. They they
2: weren't. No, they weren't one. The oldest team was uh, the Raiders. So I knew the the Patriots. I think were up there
1: still because they're number one this year, right? And they were like 18th in adjusted games lost last year, so kind of middle of the pack. Uh, whereas the Eagles, you know, were thirty first or thirty second.
2: Being old isn't necessarily bad, by the way. Like, you, right? There's there's something to be said for being, well, you would know being an experience of. I would know. I'm forty two, <laughs> like. But being experienced, there's something to be said for that. And you know, guys that have played for a long time, they know what it's like to go through a full season. You know, I think in most cases those guys have playoff experience, and all that's fine and good or whatever. But you know, the the aging of a roster isn't all that complicated. You know, guys that move on or just the, they're not good enough to play in the league anymore they're replaced by what like 250 to 300 new players coming into the NFL every year mm-hmm. and that's why that that's how that age number kind of just kind of stays sustained in the NFL and the Eagles have 10 draft picks over the last 2 years so like their roster keeps getting older like you know they they have that one uptick in uh you know everyone gets a year older every year and then they add some additional older players and they haven't really done a very good job of kind of loading up the ro- you know kind of filling the pipeline uh, of the roster with younger players and at some point they're going to have to stop signing all these older guys or at least stop trading draft picks for these older guys because at some point they're going to realize oh sh- we're really old and we're going to have to start over. Well, speaking of trades, I think this
1: is a good little segue here, Jimmy. And Jimmy, as a person who's covered the Eagles for years now, and uh, <laughs> as someone who is 42 years old, <laughs> yeah, I list all your qualifications here. Jalen Ramsey. I saw yes. you wrote an article about it on for Philly Voice. Uh, where do you stand on the Eagles needing to get
2: Jalen Ramsey? I think they should do it if the okay. price isn't ex- you know, just absolutely absurd. So what's the most you would give up for him? I would give up a one and... You know, like one of the younger corners, like a Sidney Jones or a Zul Douglas, whichever mm-hmm. one you want. Go ahead, take them, and then maybe like a like a later pick,
1: like a day three pick.
2: Yeah, like a early yeah, like you know, not like a four. not like a chump change pick, but yeah, like a four or five, something like that. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um. Man. So. I, so that's a,
2: that's a high cost.
1: It is. It's a very high cost because it's not only so okay. Here's how I look at it. I if they made that trade, I don't think I would be mad about it. Like I don't think oh this is a bad deal. I wouldn't be ripping the Eagles for that deal. But I think they're it's like so tough to trade that first. I think the Eagles first to them like matters a lot. And I think that's why they've been reluctant to part ways with it. Because they're. I think they're really counting on that rookie contract. You're just talking about how they're getting older. Yeah. And, you know, looking at their cap situation. Like, you know, we always say in general, I, I think Eagles fans, Eagles observers always say, like, you can kind of trust Howie Rosen with the cap. And, yeah, that's true. But he's also never had to deal with a franchise quarterback on the books like he does now. Counting on that first round pick. Because, you know, it's. A lot of people are just like, "Oh, well, you trade a first round pick, you know that the the guy the player you would have picked anyway probably isn't going to be good as Jalen Ramsey. And yeah, that's true, but like you have to factor the contract into it because now yeah. you're gonna have to make Jalen Ramsey like the highest paid cornerback in the league, and he's gonna have all the leverage because you just traded a ton to get him. So like you're gonna have to be paying him. I think it's over like sixteen million per year. What would be the top of the cornerback market? It might even go might be like seventeen million for him, uh, depending on how that works out there. so, I just I don't think they're gonna be the team to do it. I think that's where I kind of look at it. Ultimately, like I don't think they are gonna be the team. Uh, I think you kind of came to that same conclusion. I agree. I think
2: there's gonna be a team out there that that is willing to pay more than the Eagles are.
1: So I don't expect it to happen.
2: The one thing I will say is, uh, in terms of leverage, they're not totally they, Whoever does trade for him isn't gonna be totally out leveraged by him because he's under contract this year for a minimal amount. In fact, like after the trade is done, the the acquiring team will only be responsible for a salary, which is a little bit over $3 million. So that's nothing for this year. And then he'll be playing on his fifth year option. So, you know, it's not like he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. They still, you still have him basically under contract for one more year. So that's helpful in terms of getting a deal done that's not outlandish or totally outlandish. The other thing too is as far as age goes, he's only 24. I mean, he'll turn 25 in a month. But as far as, You know, managing, he's fine in that regard. It's just, is he worth the amount of money that you're going to pay him? And I think, yes, he is. Because you look at, like, the way that the Eagles build their roster. Obviously, far more complicated than what I'm about to say, because they have all their analytics nerds working on roster building and whatnot. The old Andy Reid philosophy, which they still kind of, you know, which they've adopted and still kind of use, is Andy Reid was like, you know, give me a quarterback, give me a couple offensive tackles, give me a couple pass rushers, a couple cornerbacks, and I'll figure out the rest. So you feel like one of those extremely, you know, high priority uh, positions with arguably the best player in the league at his position at cornerback. You know, I think that's a guy that's worth shelling out premium resources, both in terms of draft picks and money to go get that kind of guy. If you can if you can fill that spot with, you know, quote unquote, the best player, the best cornerback in the league.
1: So the guy that Eagles didn't trade for is Minka Fitzpatrick. the yep. Steelers gave up a first-round pick, and there was other picks in that deal, too. I feel like it's kind of hard to rip the Eagles for not getting him. Oh, God, no. (laughs) No way. Also, even if the Eagles were offering, like, the same thing, like, if you're the Dolphins, why are you not taking the Steelers pick? Like, knowing that they could bottom out and be terrible, and all of a sudden
2: you have, like, a top-ten pick. It's probably going to be a top-ten pick. Ben Roethlisberger's hurt and done for—he's going to be done for the season, and he was done for the season when the trade was made, so it's not like they made the trade, and then then it was determined he was going to be out for the year. Like, it was already known he was going to be out for the year. Is that team going to win six games this year? Mm. Are, they're already 0-2 with Roth- yeah. with Roethlisberger. Are they going to win six more? My opinion, no. So they're probably going to have a top-ten pick. You know, if you're the Eagles trying to put together a package that's going to beat a top-ten pick, you're just not going to do that. I mean, I like yeah. making Fitzpatrick, and I think he's a good fit for the scheme that Jim Schwartz wants to run. You know, in the short term, as your third safety that you give a lot of snaps to, not like a third safety that's just kind of in there here and there. I think you know that's a guy you keep on the field for the majority of the snaps. But then in the long term, he takes over for Malcolm Jenkins. So I do think it was a very good fit. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he was the 14th overall pick, and you're going to trade something that's higher than that? <laughs> when you already lost a year of his rookie contract and you're acquiring him a few games into his second year, I, I think the Steelers are frankly – dumb for for you know making the offer that they did and certainly the eagles cannot be blamed for trying to for not topping that offer
1: yeah i also just don't think you don't fully know what he is like he's, he's shown promise but he's not like jalen ramsey you know he's not like an established all pro pro bowl player
2: yeah the, yeah he showed promise for sure but he's not like it's not he's not like a slam dunk this yeah, guy's no going doubt to be, about
1: it yeah, yeah right right so some of the other newsy things that we can kind of wrap up here is. oh, the, oh, oh sorry
2: the, real quick we got what? news oh, we, got, we have news uh-oh. Oh my The gosh. Eagles just oh. signed <laughs> Craig James to the practice squad. Oh,
1: I was just going to mention him, because I was going <laughs> to say they they cut him, obviously. <laughs> he's back to um, in
2: practice squad form.
1: He's back on the practice squad, which is where he should have been probably the whole time, really, when you look at uh, the 12 personnel thing we talked about earlier, and Alex Ellis is back now. Yes. So a lot of people were saying, like, that probably means Goddard isn't going to play. And I don't know. I guess it could. But, like, I think it's more just, like, they made the wrong move to not have him around in the first place. I think whether God is healthy or not, they should have been having a third tight end on the roster. I think that's kind of a, a no-brainer. Oh, the other newsy thing I did want to mention, we were talking about injuries earlier. I don't know if you saw this, Jimmy. Former Eagles linebacker for like... I did see that. ...a week or two, Chris Wardley took to Twitter on Wednesday <laughs> to to complain. Right. Of, he, he tweeted... Quote, I'm so pissed right now how the Eagles handled slash handling my injury messed up world we live in. I just want to provide the context here that Jordan Matthews once said he had, quote unquote, two really bad diagnoses while playing with the Eagles. And Emmanuel Acho has obviously voiced his displeasure about the Eagles medical staff. Repeatedly, them yes. Suspect uh, was the exact word he used. Yeah, so like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I don't. I don't love that. I don't think that's uh, a great thing that's out not
2: there. A, not a good luck for the medical staff, for sure.
1: And obviously, like you said, they've made changes. I, I just don't know. I don't know what any of that means. And with Worley, like, I didn't even know he was hurt. Like, I don't think we ever knew that. So like I don't really know what that situation is even going on there exactly. I think we can kind of close on the news if uh, if that works for you, Jimmy. Yeah, let's take a quick, quick break. Take a quick break. We'll be
2: back after this. I'm Jimmy Kemsky with a BGN Radio Minute. The Giants did the unthinkable this week when they benched NFL legend Eli Manning. In the wake of this news, a number of so-called experts belittled Manning's Hall of Fame credentials. The reality is that Manning should not only be a first ballot lock, but if the voting is anything short of unanimous, whoever votes no should never be allowed to vote again. From a local perspective, Carson Wentz can learn a thing or two from Manning, who never needed a backup to win him his Super Bowl rings. Additionally. As recently as this past Sunday night, Wentz missed most of his series because the league demanded that he be tested for a concussion. Wentz left his team high and dry just to make sure that he was okay, while Manning would have told the NFL to shove their concussion test right up their ass, and he'd have kept playing. I'm Jimmy Kemsky with BGN Radio.
0: BGN Sports Radio. Vacations can be tricky. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Okay, we are back from those great commercials you just heard that we also heard in in real time and weren't (laughs) edited later in post. Uh, Jimmy, kind of got on this already, but just kind of, do you have any closing thoughts on the Eagles versus Falcons game? We already talked about the injuries, but anything else?
2: Yeah, should we maybe kind of go over... I guess concern areas that have cropped up in that game. Yes, I have I think a few way to
1: put it. What what are the takeaways going forward? I think Isaac Sayamalo isn't very good. <laughs> mm. that's interesting coming from you because you were talking about you've been you've written about how yeah, people pro- in the Isaac- building. Think and I, I thought he looked good week one. So yeah, well, how much of that I guess I want to ask is like how much of that is JD Garrett, JD Garrett. Why can't I say this name?
2: Great Grady Grady Jarrett Jarrett, uh, is awesome. (laughs) JD Garrett, yeah. Well, yes, he's awesome. Grady Jarrett's very good, but at the same time, I mean, he just got Sam Howell just got lit up, and you're right, he looked good week one, and he was he was fine as a starter when he took over for Stefan Wisniewski last year. But he does have these games where he's just, I mean, he wasn't as bad in this game as he was uh, week two Chiefs. against the Chiefs a couple years ago. That was one of the worst games for an interior he, offensive he lineman that I've, that I've ever seen. Got, <laughs> like I said he should get benched. I think the prevailing, I mean, I don't want to sound like, I told you so, guy. But <laughs> That's exactly how you sound. <laughs> I do. I sound exactly like that right now. But, the, you know, the prevailing uh, take on that was, well, you got to give him more time than just two weeks. But mm. they were just – they are like, nope. Nope. <laughs> he's got he's to gotta go. That was so bad. He's got to go right now. So, I mean, they're, they're not going to do that this time around. But uh, I would say he's got to have a far, far better performance in week three. Or he could be – well, I guess he's not really in danger because they don't have <laughs> – who else are you going to put in? Because Big, Big V is not – They're going to bring been,
1: Chance Swarmack back.
2: Big V has been bad at guard too, by the way. So. Yeah. That interior O line spot, you know, those three mm. spots, if anyone goes down and if Sayamalo isn't better, it's a problem area that I don't think anyone kinda had on their on their radar heading into the season.
1: Skill one to 10, 10 being the most concerning, what would you give that? <sighs> yeah. Six, I'll go right? as high as six. Yeah. Six. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Um what other concerns coming out of the Falcons? Team? Well, wide receiver's obvious. So let's just go position by position. Yeah. Quarterback,
2: okay. I I think Wentz's performance I put some concerns to the bed frankly for me. He was obviously bad at parts during the, the first, first half. The
1: first half was just so like what what the f was that throw? Like what was that interception? Oh like, the one where uh, True like fell down and he was sitting yeah. down and he still <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that was
2: bad. That was that was as bad an interception as he's had in his career. It might have been
1: his worst interception ever.
2: But the way that he played in the second half, I mean, was yeah. kind of special. Gutty. So,
1: yeah, and and for a guy who gets a ton of criticism, like oh, he doesn't perform well. He's not <laughs> clutch. He's not good in one score games, which are like determined by so much luck in the NFL. And acting otherwise is like so disingenuous. He was awesome.
2: Is really the only way to put it. I mean, he, he was, and it, it, he could have been even better if Nelson Aguilar just makes a catch and Zach Ertz runs his route where that's a franchise it should, quarterback it should right. go. Yeah, like sure. That, that's he, why you pay that guy that he much. He was awesome. And he was and he, he did a nice comeback win week one, too. Yeah. Kudos there. Running back, I think there's some, some concern. You know what's funny about running back, or Miles Sanders specifically? Like, when he got drafted, it was like, all right, well, there's no concern that he'll be able to run the football in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But the concern's going to be with pass protection. <laughs> and it's been the opposite so far. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's been fine in pass protection, but he's dancing behind the, you know, he's dancing in the backfield, he's trying to... Bounce everything outside instead of just kind of taking what's there. Uh, I forget the guy's name on Twitter, but he showed a run where – Brian know, the, Baldinger? No, no, no. <laughs> Matt kidding. Waldman. Yeah. He uh, he showed a clip of Miles Sanders, a jump cut initially. And then there's a corner coming up to meet oh, him. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And He has uh, outside
1: leverage and he just goes into it, right? Yeah.
2: He Well, he, he tries another jump cut he tries a little finesse move around a cornerback when really he's running him over on a yeah. on a third and short situation. So I think he's got a lot to learn there and that's not uncommon for a rookie running back to kind of run that way. Well, Sean McCoy did that for a couple years really before he kind of came into a zone. So he'll get better. He's fine. He's mm-hmm. talented. He's, you know, at how long do you stick with him <laughs> before you yeah. before you kind of have to give Darren Sproles 50 carries? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give Doug any ideas, but uh <laughs> But yeah, so that's a that's another concern for me. Receiver? Receiver of course, and we covered that already. Yeah. Uh tight end, same thing, injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh offensive line, we covered yep. Defensive end. That's a big De- one. Defensive end is a big one for sure. You want to you, you want to go right ahead on that one? Yeah, zero sacks through the first two
1: games. Uh not great. <laughs> Definitely not good. Definitely not what you're looking for. Sacks not being everything, but they're, they're something. They sure are something. You know, I was looking at uh, Football Outsiders by adjusted sack rate. You know, the Eagles ranked 31st. So, again, the, the having zero sacks doesn't help there. Uh, and really, just like, they're not making an impact. And it feels like, isn't that a big reason or a, a contributing factor, at the very least, why Jim Schwartz felt like he had to blitz? Against the the Falcons for sure. Yeah, you're already in that spot where like, you know, we had concerns about the pass rush going into the season. And part of the reason I felt like and, I, and I, that was a concern for me, especially like the fourth defensive end thing. It's not having that depth there. But I felt like that was mitigated somewhat by having such a deep interior. But now that, that <laughs> that's gone, yeah. so I, I just don't feel great about that spot overall. My worry about defensive end is probably like, I, I think we put it last week about seven. I'm saying it's at least like an eight now.
2: Yeah. Well, for me, the concern was not the starters, really. It was the depth behind them. But the, st- the starters just, Brian Graham's had some nice tackles for loss. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And Derek Barnett has six quarterback hits, which is Se- second in the NFL. Yeah. Which is so nice. It's, it's he's not got, like he's doing nothing. And you know, for, and like I think we mentioned on the first podcast, Fran Duffy showed you know some really legitimately nice pass rush moves that he made in yeah. that Washington game. Uh, I haven't really watched closely the Falcons game, but and the hits are nice, but you prefer the hits come when the quarterback still has the ball. Defensive tackle, we already kind of kinda touched on
1: uh, the injuries. Linebacker, linebacker's I think, fine. I don't know. Yeah, All Kisten right. Solak. We're talking about this, and like Notre Bradham has not been like really good, and I think. And that's not surprising. You know, he didn't really do much in the off season. Like he was coming off injury, still he might not be a hundred percent. I don't think linebacker. Really I don't think it makes.
2: hurts you if the linebacker isn't awesome. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> I, I just think it's not ideal. Like I think it could be better. Of course, I just you know it's not great. Um, yeah, I don't think it kills the defense. Here's what
2: I'll say: It's not like tight ends are killing them. Um, although I guess that'll be. It's not like running backs are killing them. Like the the run <sighs> game has not been good. Like or, I'm sorry, the opposing they've done they've done a good job against the run. That's and true. It's, it's not like running backs and, and tight ends are killing them in the passing game. So Yet
1: it, at least. Um, yeah, right. And we'll, it could be we'll on the horizon. Who knows? Week.
2: But, well, Hawkinson's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. And we'll get into that. Uh, so, cornerback, I think that's really the big one. Safety, I think we're, well, we can talk well, about. Well, Sunday is terrible. The but... depth there, not the starters. <laughs> um, but
2: let's just, right, secondary as a whole. Darby is clearly not 100%, in my opinion. <laughs> Although Jim Schwartz thinks Jim he Schwartz is. Jim Schwartz says he is. He's, he's, fully, mm. he's got his full speed back. And teams are going to continue to target him. It's yeah. going to happen. And uh, I think actually City Jones has been fine so far. And Razul has been, I guess, fine. Malcolm Jenkins is fine. Actually, Rodney McLeod, Rodney McLeod has looked pretty good to me. Especially in the Falcons game, yeah. At least uh, in terms of expectations heading into the season coming off of his injury. Mm-hmm. Sandeo got a fair amount of snaps week one. Oh. They came down significantly week two. I think not enough. Like, not enough. I mean that that deep ball to Ridley was horrendous. Like he was mm. biting the cheese and on nothing in front of him. There was there wasn't even anything in front of him. He bit on nothing, and, and the ball's going over his head. And he's like, "Uh oh, I better go back on this." And he wasn't even in the ballpark. You know what's funny about Jim Schwartz, by the way? So like anytime you, yeah, anytime you ask him something. Uh, that's leading him to into like maybe bashing a player he'll just say i don't know how many times you guys gotta ask me these kinds of questions i'm not gonna answer them but (laughs) yeah he did that to you he'll only say that if you ask him a question about somebody legitimately having a bad game or a bad moment or whatever (laughs) well somebody asked him about uh darby and that's when Mm -hmm. he was talking about darby being you know back 100 or whatever i i asked him if Darby should have had was he expecting safety help on the (laughs) Calvin Ridley touchdown and then he looked at me he's like I don't know how many times you guys got to ask me questions like this but I'm not I'm not gonna answer them but basically the translation on that is Andrew Zendaya should have been back there
1: yeah I think a a common feeling I have when it comes to press conferences and stuff like that it's not about what the coaches or players do say. I think a lot of times it's about what they don't say. Yeah, And I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying there.
2: Not not even like we needed him to say it anyway. It was clear as day that Sunday right. like, screwed that play up.
1: The confirmation, you know, that yes. he doesn't say anything. Yes. So I guess we can kind of transition out of that game and kind of, uh, you know, refocus here into the the lions eagles, the lions they play I the lions think, brandon yeah i couldn't think of who they're playing a really bad job by me uh so they're playing the lions this week obviously coming off all these injuries coming off this sunday night football loss it's a spot where the eagles you know they really got to win here i feel like cuz you're otherwise you're going down one and two going into green bay still dealing with a lot of injuries brandon what
2: is, is this a must win game? Uh,
1: <laughs> I think it's a pretty important game. I will say that
2: it's not a must win game, but they got to win.
1: <laughs> it, I didn't say it's not a must win game, but I also didn't say it is a must.
2: I, game. I just love that phrase. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's you, you better not lose this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people it's are to better
1: not lose this game. People are going to turn. Bad they lose this game. Well, they should. I, so let's start with the Eagles offense versus the Lions defense. Yeah. You know, it's going to be tough for an Eagles team that is undermanned severely. Now, I think the fact that they'll have an actual week to give players reps, like, I think that does make some kind of difference. You you heard Doug Peterson talk about how, you know, he did to cross out plays on the play sheet. And not only that, but he also was specifically highlighting how, like, as Ackerts had to tell, Mac Collins and JJ Arcega Whiteside to like where to line up on a given play. Yeah, so it's not good. Like, yeah. So I think, you know, having at least a week to kind of get through that. And now the Eagles didn't have a, a full practice today. They canceled that. Very controversial. Some are calling for Doug Peterson. in the hot seat.
2: <laughs> So <laughs> we have those me. BGN radio minutes, and I was kidding on that, obviously, 10 oh, minutes ago or whatever that was. Wait, but, those uh, are fake? But, <laughs> <laughs> but Bob Groats. <laughs> Put out an article. I'm sorry to call you out, Bob, but hold on. Let me find the title of this thing.
1: It's 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 awesome too because like nowhere in the article does it actually suggest like <laughs> Doug Peterson be in the hot seat. <laughs> right. It's just in the right. Headlock. Yeah,
2: but I, I clicked on it and I read it. And I was like, well, this doesn't really match what the headline says. But the, so <laughs> here's Great. the headline. It says headline is canceling practice puts Eagles head coach Doug Peterson on the hot seat. <laughs> is he wrong? <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, Bob, I love you, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Bob, Bob didn't actually write that, so I don't know if that's somebody right. else creating that headline for him or, yeah. or yes. not.
1: So he goes offense versus the Lions defense. <laughs> what do you got, Jimmy? You did the matchup, column. You got you to gotta give me something good here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just leave this all in kissed. Uh, I know you're editing this. Just you know, oh, just leave just oh my you know, god. a good minute of laughing in, just really good.
2: Alright, Eagles offense versus uh Lions defense. Alright, yeah. so um Oh man, I don't even remember what I read uh. on this. <laughs> 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 oh uh. my god. Alright, so <laughs> we're gonna take it back to nineteen eighty two here. Okay. The Eagles the Eagles are gonna find a way to run the ball in this game. Which uh, I actually, you know, I'm not kidding. They actually do need to figure out a way to run the ball a little bit in this game because when you do have uh, your top two receivers out and, uh, you know, one of your top two tight ends more than likely – gonna have to count on your running game to some degree so uh the lions are allowing 5.2 yards per carry this year and they've only allowed one rush of 20 plus yards that rush was for 40 yards it says here in my article uh, <laughs> so basically what that means is if they've only allowed you know one big gain and they're still averaging uh 5.2 yards per carry allowed uh it's not just you know, one rush that's skewing that average. I mean, the two teams they face so far have been able to run the ball against them. So uh, they do have some personnel that is geared towards stop, stopping the run, like Snacks Harrison, which mm-hmm. who, the, who the Eagles know well from his days in, uh, New, in New Jersey with the Giants. But they, for whatever reason, have not done a good job, as we mentioned before. Uh, Miles Sanders has to stop dancing in the background. I think they're going to continue to try to sprinkle in Jordan Howard, who, by the way, looked very good week one. Less so week two. There wasn't much open for him. Mm -hmm. I think he kind of got what was there and then nothing more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think they still got to kind of mix those two guys up. You know, one area that the Eagles are going to want to have a little more success than they've had in the first two games. And then the Eagles receivers against the Lions secondary. I think Darius Slay is right up there in terms of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. And if Deshaun Jackson were playing, I would imagine he probably see a lot of him you know i mean if they were all healthy like if alshon and deshaun and the whole the whole gang were were there i think he'd probably primarily be going you know going with deshaun obviously with deshaun out if alshon were there then he'd probably shade him quite a bit but he's probably not going to play so you're going to have darius slay probably mirroring (laughs) nelson aguilar so you're probably going to have to have a lot of uh matt collins and and jj you know getting a lot of targets and those guys are going to have to step up. I actually thought Mac stepped up to some degree mm-hmm. last five week. For what 50. are you, 5'50"? Yeah, so, yep. I mean, he did, you know, what should be reasonably expected of him. Some crucial third and fourth down conversions, too. Yeah, I mean, he was on the receiving end of that ridiculous Wentz play where Wentz got yeah. it to him as he was going to the ground. But J.J.'s going to have to be better than he was. I don't care if he's a rookie or not. He's got to be better than he was last week.
1: played 75 snaps against the Falcons. He had one reception for four yards.
2: I think, he what, was, was it four targets?
1: Four targets. Um, clearly not on the same page with Carson Wentz. I mean, some of that seems to be expected, considering, like, J.J.'s not really working with the starters for a lot of the offseason. Yeah. And, uh, and he's a rookie, so he's not going to... Now, I'm not saying that like totally excuses it. I'm saying like some struggling could be expected. It's not like, you know, he needs to light the league on fire. But, you know, birds with our our friends on Birds with Friends, Bo Wolf, Chilka and Zach Berman were talking about how like a lot of rookie receivers are really you know to good starts. I mean, you saw Terry McLaurin in on week one, obviously tear up the Eagles secondary. So sure. like I think we can certainly expect a lot more than one reception for four yards, especially now that he has a full week of practice to kind of, you know, get these reps and know what's going on more so. So definitely want to see that. I guess really in addition to the run game, like, I mean, it seems like a lot to ask in the sense of like Carson Wentz being as good as he was in that second half. But I mean, you're going to need something like that again, right? Like this is going to have to be a game where Carson carries He's going to have to be a
2: stud again. You're right. He is.
1: And, you know, he plays well at home, I feel like typically. So he's in a spot where, he should, you know, be able to be comfortable and excel. And again, having this week to prepare, knowing that he the odds are stacked against him. But yeah, this is the kind of game where, again, you're paying that franchise quarterback money to him. Like he needs
2: to step up and carry this team. And then fourth quarter, I'm sorry, first no, go ahead. quarter, first quarter offense. Yeah. Like oh, they, my God. Like, so the, the excuses are there for weeks one and two. This, you know, we've we we already mentioned week two where uh-huh. you have a three, three, got, three major contributors on offense go down. Before the yeah. before the game even starts, uh, all right, fine. Week one, you have uh, uh, what was the I can't remember, Quentin Dunbar is you the know his head butting Eagles receivers after every play, and then finally yeah. he gets Deshaun Jackson to push his head away after one of them. They throw a flag on Deshaun that puts him back 15 yards, that stalls a drive uh, in the first quarter. So and the defense couldn't get off the field. Yeah, right. So okay, fine. There's no more excuses. Like <laughs> week three, like yeah. you got to put points on the board early. Or it's just it's just going to be something that builds and builds and builds and builds until you break out and you put up some points on the board in the first quarter.
1: I don't think this means everything, Jimmy. But, I, you know, Doug likes to defer a lot. And I'm in, generally in favor of that. Yep. I like to defer. But, like, just given the way, you know, like, like, just I don't know. Maybe just get the ball and just be like, go get an effing touchdown. Like, right yeah. now. Like, do it. Just get out there and do it. Because, like, it's time. It's time to freaking just, like, do it. Get I bet there. Doug
2: is, like, hoping they lose the toss. <laughs> and the other team defers so that, like, yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't there his choice go. to get the ball first. We can
1: flip it over, I guess, now to the the Eagles' defense versus the Lions' offense. Here,
2: they're better than I thought, really, especially at the skill positions. To me, Kenny Galladay is yeah. like that guy when you're drafting like your fantasy football team. Where you know his name, you know he exists, but you don't know a lot about him, so you don't take him. (laughs) At least that's that's how I've always been. Because I just do you agree with that, or is that dumb? Well, now I know how to beat you.
1: I've uh, (laughs) acquired your strategy. Um, No, I think I hear what you're saying.
2: So I guess I just you know I don't think a lot of people really know all that much about him. He's been really good. The first two weeks of the season,
1: he leads their team in receiving. Yeah,
2: yeah, in everything, and I think in all all categories, yep, receptions, yards, yards per reception. I think the tight end is leading in that. T.J. Hawkinson, who is the eighth overall pick in this draft, and he looks very good. So they have Galladay, they have Hawkinson, they have you know a solid number two in Marvin Jones, Mm -hmm. and then they have Danny Amendola as their slot receiver. So that's a decent group. And then the running back is Carryon Johnson, who. Showed a little bit. I guess, was he a rookie last year? Yep. Yeah, he, he showed a decent amount. I think those scope position players are fine. And then Matt Stafford was, at one point, maybe a little underrated. And now it's talked about, as you know, underrated enough where he's probably a little overrated. And I don't know. He's got a big arm, can get streaky. He got He's gotten streaky against the Eagles before. Eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. Oh, is it? Is that what it is? Okay. Yep. So he's, he's had success against the Eagles before. I think their skill position players are flying under the radar a little bit, but they're good. I don't know. I didn't watch most of their game against the Chargers last week. I know they only put up 13 points on the board. Mm. I do think their skill position players are better than people think. Also, I will mention this about their offensive
1: line against the Chargers, who have Melvin Ingram and mm-hmm. Joey Bosa. Yes. Who are like two of the best, like arguably one of the best, you know, uh, pass rush tandems in the league. The and the Lions, by the way, were playing without starting left tackle, uh, Taylor Decker. Yes. They had Tyrell Crosby in at left tackle. The Lions gave up zero sacks and one hit. Yeah. Like, dang, like that's pretty good. <laughs> like I mean, I don't look at the offensive line and think this is one of the best units in the league, especially if, you know, they're missing their left tackle, but I mean, I don't know. Like They just turned in a pretty good performance. I don't think it's like a bunch of slouches entirely on there.
2: Yeah, you know what it is? They have a little bit of continuity there because they've been together for a little while. So Decker was a first-round pick in 2016. Their left mm-hmm. guard was a fifth-round pick in 2016, Joe Dahl. Frank yep. Ragnall was their first-round pick last year. Graham Glasgow, 2016 again, third-round pick. And then they signed – they gave a lot of money, I think, to Ricky Wagner, yep. uh, the right tackle, in 2017. So they they've been playing together for a little while. It's actually maybe a better thing for them that Taylor Decker got hurt because he stunk week one. Mm. <laughs> so like uh, in his place, it was a guy named uh, Tyrell Crosby from Oregon. Uh, I think he was a, I think they drafted him last year. Yeah. You know, it's not like they have any new pieces on that offensive line. So they kind of know each other well enough. Uh, so maybe that's part of their success. I think, you know, when you look historically at teams that have a lot of turnover on their offensive lines, they struggle there. But there is something something to be said for, you know, offensive lines that have been together for a long time, like the Eagles have for the for the most part.
1: Yeah, so I you know, we're looking at this Eagles pass trust that we already have concerns about. <laughs> and you're going against an offensive line that I think is at least decent. And um I guess as we're going along this preview podcast, I'm feeling less great about, <laughs>
2: about the Eagles. Derek Burnett has to have a has to have a game this week. He has to have a sack. Like they, this defense has to get sacks. They Whether Decker is back or it's or it's their backup left tackle. He's got to make an impact this week, I think. And and Decker was uh, limited in practice once again. He was okay. also
1: limited all last week, so still kind of unclear where he's at. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. We'll see. You know, it's going to be tough. You know, I think I, I talked about this with you last week, Jimmy. Like, I don't really put the pressure on the defense as a whole. Like, you know, I think the offense in general is going to have to carry this team more. But, you know, with all these injuries now in offense, like, you're going to need a little bit more out of the defense. And, and to Jim Schwartz's credit— the defense's credit, I think they did a good job last week. They forced three turnovers. Um, you know, they kept the Eagles in that game. Ultimately, you know, they gave up the touchdown to Julio Jones. But I think they did, like, decently. They did enough where they could have been in a position to win the game. And again, Nelson Eckler doesn't make that drop. So, yeah, a um, really important matchup for this team this week. Do you have any final thoughts on the matchups, Jimmy, before we go to break? I do not. Okay, so we will go to break, and we will be back after this.
2: I'm Jimmy Kemski with a BGN Radio Minute. Doug Peterson, still high off his team's first Super Bowl win, decided in August that his starters were above playing in preseason games. And then this week, he made the decision to basically cancel practice on Wednesday, the most important practice day of the week. While the Eagles are sitting by the pool, chasing the muff around, teams like the Cowboys and Patriots are hard at work and getting better. Maybe Peterson believes that practice isn't important anymore. Or maybe he just has better things to do on a Wednesday than coaching up his football team. Or better yet, maybe he'll soon find that he'll have every Wednesday free to spend at the country club after he's relieved of his duties at the country club he's trying to create at the NovaCare Complex. I'm Jimmy Kemsky with this BGN Radio Minute.
0: BGN Sports Radio.
2: Okay, we are back
1: here on BGN Radio, episode number 81. We are going to get now into... A favorite segment here on the podcast i know it's only been one episode this is the second episode but it, this is just a, a critically acclaimed segment because we bring in the one the only mike francesa but from we w can't Band. we can't
2: we can't play the pri- nfl prime type music anymore
1: we can't um it's very sad but uh having mike with us kind of makes up for that i think so um <laughs> i think we can just get right into it here jimmy oh i do want to <laughs> mention that i am two and one in these so far i'm gonna keep track yeah but, first I- of
2: all i don't know i didn't know we were keeping track of this
1: well we are well only if i do well if i do well then i'm going to keep track and, and bring it up and then if I, i'm not i'm just going to forget about it conveniently
2: so. yeah brandon sends me this thing that says he's two and one <laughs> and i'm one and two i'm first of all i'm seven and five if we're going to be accurate on my on the picks well, each, each week
1: I, I think it only counts on the podcast though I well think we're that's... only and these
2: were only picking the nfc east which should be yes. my it should be sort of an expertise area but I'm more yeah. there than I am on the rest of the league. And you picked know. the Giants
1: over the Bills last week. <laughs> you should feel ashamed. That was that was a bad one. That was a bad. <laughs> that was that
2: a bad fall. pick. That was a bad pick. I didn't believe in the Bills, so yeah. Eh. All right, but the Giants are clearly very bad.
1: Let's start with the Giants because there's a lot going on with them. They're going down to to Tampa Bay this week. Uh, the Buccaneers are six and a half point favorites at home. The Giants have a new starting quarterback. Uh, his name is Daniel Jones. They benched the other guy, Eli Manning, who is now 100. And 16 wins in his career and 116 losses. He is perfectly 500 for his career. He's not a Hall of Famer. Jimmy, how do you feel about Eli and the Hall of Fame spectrum? And how do you feel about this game?
2: Well, he, like you mentioned, his record is 116 and 116. And he's never at, one, at any point during his career, in my opinion, I never at never one, never, one point was he like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Would yeah. you agree there? I, yeah. Like, I don't even know if it's – I don't know if he was even – I guess maybe fringe like at some small points in, in his career and then in the last seven years he's flat out stunk
1: yeah he's and sucked. that counts by the way like it, that doesn't just like not count like I feel like people are making arguments. you argument. don't just
2: go oh well, we throw out the last seven years <laughs> it's like half his career
1: kind of important
2: and then the years when he when they did win the Super Bowl I actually had an argument about this with uh, – Well, we were just getting into some of this last week. A Giants fan on Twitter on this where he was like – I don't even know if this is right. Like I, I Googled it very quickly. and researched it. But he was like he was third in the MVP voting in 2011. And that can't possibly be right. What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> can't, where did they go that year? That didn't they go right, like can't. nine and seven or something? Well, or I like... looked at his numbers very – yeah, they were nine and seven. And they won the Super Bowl. But you know the MVP voting happens before the playoffs begin. Yeah, so they wouldn't have factored in obviously the right. playoff run that they went on, but he was like 29 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. I mean, QB rating who cares what that is, but voters do, I guess. So, uh, it, I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't great.
1: Can I read you a quick stat about Eli Manning? Sure, go right ahead. It is from Ruben Frank, and he pointed out here that in 12 of the 14 seasons that Eli Manning has been a full time starter, so 12 of the 14. The Giants have not won a playoff. Game. Say that one more time. So twelve of the fourteen seasons that Eli Manning has been a full time starter, yes, the Giants have not won a single <laughs> playoff game.
2: Right. Yeah, they never won a playoff game in uh, any of those in in any season other than the two Super Bowl years that they won.
1: So who do you got in this uh, Bucks matchup? Bucks Hold on. Let me let me, find, let me find one more slide okay. for you.
2: This is from I got to Google this real quick.
1: Got to Google the computer.
2: <laughs> the year that Nick Foles. 2013 the year that Nick Foles was like on fire the 27 and 2 year at one point during the middle of that year i figured out that Jimmy Jimmy what are you talking about of course Eli Manning is a hall of famer what are you talking about
1: that was mike by the way that wasn't me
2: all right i can't find it anyway it was like some absurd <laughs> no- <laughs> the, the big reveal the big reveal after all that oh, i can't mind. But it was something like uh, if, like, the next 30 passes or something like that, if if Nick Foles' next 30 passes were intercepted, he would have still a higher passer rating than Eli Manning in that season. And people were like, there's no way that could be right. And they were, like, testing it. (laughs) And uh, sure enough, like, you know, I'm not going to put out some – it's not true. So. (laughs) it was uh yeah so sorry for wasting all your time for googling that but (laughs) not hall of fame worthy is what we're driving at
1: here and giant giants uh or or buccaneers favored by six and a half at home
2: i'll take the buccaneers finally
1: okay yeah i think so too you know daniel jones he, he played well in the preseason maybe there's something there but i don't know show me show me something a little bit in the in the uh the regular season for
2: Did you see the uh, Joe Banner tweet about this matchup? What was it? Well, you don't want to start a rookie quarterback against a oh, yeah. Todd Bowles defense. That's, <laughs> what? that's tough oh. sledding.
1: Oh. oh, It's too tough. It's too hard. I can't <laughs> do it. Like, what's going on with it? Like, okay, great. We have this quarterback who can uh, play against tough defenses in the NFL. Glad we, we drafted him at number six overall. I, res- I respect Joe, but. <laughs> y- yeah, same. But like.
2: All right, um, moving on. But Bo, sorry, Bo Wolf in the media house, he saw that tweet as well. And uh, <laughs> he made the joke, because Joe Banner tweets about Todd Bowles, loves Todd Bowles. Yeah. And he said, uh, what would happen if uh, a team with Dion Lewis went up against a Todd Bowles defense? Oh, God. Joe Banner famously a big Deion Lewis guy, too. Yeah,
1: he he just can't tweet at that point, I think. I think he has to (laughs) step away. Or just tweet and praise both sides. It's like that Uh, gif of the guy's mind blowing up. Dolphins at Cowboys. The Cowboys are 21 and a half point favorites Crazy. First
2: time in like 30-something years that two teams are favored by more than 20.
1: I don't even think it's a hard call.
2: Yeah, no, I'm taking the like, Cowboys. <laughs>
1: why, why would anyone be like, oh, I think the Dolphins are going to cover? Like, what would make you think that? Yeah, like, they're not. I mean, regardless of who they're playing, like they've been absolutely blown out in their first two games. They've been outscored like something, what, like 100 and something? To you know, their
2: they're, like, they're point differential, it's minus 90 something.
1: I, I think that's pretty easy. It's, I mean, the Cowboys could really cannot have asked for a better start to the season. You start with an Eli Manning starting for quarterback, Giants in week one at home you go and play Washington on the road who stink obviously the Eagles had some struggles with them but still Cowboys host the Dolphins in week three and then they get the Saints It's in New Orleans, but Drew Brees isn't even gonna be starting. because he's
2: hurt I mean like pretty good start to the season for them I have always maintained when the schedule comes out that you want to get the the garbage teams on your schedule up front. Yeah. Because it's more likely for a team that's supposed to be good early in the season to not be good later in the season because they lose a quarterback or whatever it may be. Whereas, you know, a team that's projected to be bad, it's less likely that they're suddenly going to be good at the end of the year. So you may as well get the bad team early. So they've got, they got three straight-up garbage teams right off the bat. And then yeah. the fourth week, they, they get a team missing their starting quarterback.
1: So like the Cowboys are good. I'm not trying to take oh sh- for sure away from yeah for sure for sure they have. at all. Like I, I, I you can uh, you, the argument that they're only playing bad teams like can't be held fully against them. But at the same time, where I kind of do factor it in is like okay, this is what we should have expected though. Like no one should have been like, well, I don't know, can the Cowboys win these games? I mean, like, yeah, they obviously should have been winning all these games. Like this shouldn't I feel like this shouldn't t- change anyone's opinion like dramatically on the Cowboys' outlook like. I don't understand how that would happen. Like looking at their schedule, I think you would expect them to win these games anyway.
2: Dolphins are minus 92, by the way. Okay. So if you extrapolate that over a 16-game season. Yeah. (laughs) Minus 736. (laughs) Oh my God. It's going to be a long year. I'm going to guess that would be a new record. That sounds about right. Wild guess on that one. Uh, The last
1: NFC East trio we have here is the Bears, who really should have lost that game in Denver. Got screwed on that. Roughing the passer call on Mitch Trubisky, which is not roughing the passer. At least, that's the way I saw it.
2: Yeah, they got handed they got handed a win there.
1: They, they should have been defeated by a very not good Broncos team. Yes. They are four-point favorites somehow on the road in Washington because Washington is also not I'm very good. I'm surprised that line is so low. For the Bears?
2: Yeah, I figured it would be higher than four. Hmm. Uh, but The Bears are... I don't, I don't they think haven't they're been good, good either, either, either But I think that Washington... I mean, we disagreed on this last week. I think yeah. Washington is worse than the Giants. I think Washington... Cool. Uh, any other year where the Dolphins weren't, Kingdom has been okay. As bad as they are, I think they're the worst team in the NFL. You think the
1: so you think they're the second worst team? I think
2: they're the second worst team in the NFL, Washington. Yeah, I went, wow. I went a long way to say that they're the second worst team in the NFL. <laughs> uh,
1: Kingdoms looked okay though, right? I mean, he's yeah, he's been fine. Uh, I mean, that's well than okay. You can say so Mr.
2: <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was better against the Eagles than he was against For Dallas sure. last week. I mean, they're terrible, though. No. no, but there were some really bad throws that he made in that game. There's one throw on yeah. third down where there's a guy pretty open on the like by the sideline, pretty easy throw. I think he just launched it over his head. Does that recall? Do you recall that? I think he even texted me like, "Nice throw, case." <laughs> Does that ring a bell at all?
1: Um, I don't know.
2: <laughs> all right, wait. So hold on. Let's recap. You have the Giants. I have the Giants. I'm sorry. No, no I'm sorry. We both have the Cowboys. Do you yeah, have the Giants are. or Buccaneers? Oh yeah, I have the Bucks. I have the Bucks too. Bears-Washington.
1: Screw it. I'll take Washington at the points. I'll probably regret that, but whatever. I I don't want to have us pick the same pick, so that's not fun. I'll take
2: the Bears minus four.
1: Um, We will be back.
2: Back after this.
1: Okay, again, once again, we are back here for our final segment here on this week's edition of BGN Radio, uh, part of Bleeding Green Nation. And again, you can follow Jimmy on Philly Voice uh jimmy what do we have here for your eagles versus lions prediction i want to say that as this podcast has gone along i feel even worse about i did i yes. feel like coming into the podcast so so what's your prediction i got this one? They,
2: 24 23 eagles 24
1: 23 eagles so they barely eke it out they don't cover jimmy the line for this game is insane to me have you seen this have you seen how much the eagles are favored well, by it went down okay but even still well but why was it ever at seven and a half because it was at seven and a half, yeah. Like, which is, I, I why I don't understand. And now I'm looking at it; it's still six. Uh, depending where you look, it's like six and a half, seven, six. Like that's that's pretty crazy to me. Like why? Like why? Yeah. Why are the Eagles favored by that much? I think it should be. If I was setting the line, or at least where I would, I, if I would had to guess the line, I would have guessed like Eagles were three and a half point favorites.
2: Uh, I would have had it higher than that because I think they're I think people would view them as being you know, the better team than mm-hmm. Detroit. And then you add on the Detroit undefeated though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. On the three for home field advantage. So I'd have had it. I actually, I would have had around like five or six. Okay. But seven and a half. I agree. is too rich.
1: Man, I really don't love betting against the Eagles in this spot because I like Carson Wentz more than I like Matt Stafford. I like Doug Peterson a whole hell of a lot more than I like Matt Patricia, who is just like one of the – he's literally one of the least aggressive coaches in the league. (laughs) Yeah. Doug schooled him before, obviously, when he was with the Patriots. You know, this team, like the Eagles have pretty – they've done pretty well, I feel like, when their back has been against the wall before. And that kind of feels like how it is this week with all these injuries and everything. A little bit, yeah. Um, even though they're favored, like, just the, the kind of, at least in Philadelphia, the, the perception very much is, like, things are everyone isn't feeling great, and I think some of the things going around this week, like, with the Eagles canceling their practice today, I don't even think that's a huge deal, I'm not, certainly not firing Doug or putting him on the hot seat about that, but, like, <laughs> Something just feels off about this team, at least to me, like between the injuries and everything, it gets, it doesn't feel great. Like the the vibe is not super like awesome. Yeah. So I almost want to take the Lions here just because like, I don't feel amazing about this team right now. Uh, Almost. But I mean, I am taking them to cover. I am taking the Lions to cover for sure, but I will, I will take the Eagles to win. I'm going to say they win this game 20 to 17.
2: Mm, Okay. So we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Low scoring too, huh?
1: And honestly, I don't feel like amazingly confident in that score prediction. Like, I, uh, I this is a, I don't know. It's like the Lions shouldn't be, they're not this threatening team. Like, you don't look at the Lions and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm scared of the Lions. Like, they're really freaking good. But the way you kind of laid it out, it's like they have some things going for them. Like, it's not, it's not a total, I mean, they were up big on the Cardinals. They're better than mean. I
2: thought they were going to be. So, like, before the season began, you look at this game on the schedule and go, when, like, you know, they're, next right. next. Next team, yeah, like you just look at these lines at home win, and I don't, you know, we don't feel that way now, <laughs> Yeah, not at all. But they're, they're a better team than I was giving them credit for at the beginning of the year,
1: yeah. And again, they were up, I think, 24 to 6 in the Cardinals before they kind of lost that lead, ended up tying in overtime, and then they beat a Chargers team that I think is decent. I don't think the Chargers are a horrible team,
2: <coughs> no, I think the Chargers are very good,
1: and again, they, no, that's they that's a
2: legit win beating that Chargers it is. team. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's a good win for sure. They stymied that pass rush too. Like oh, that's, they, and that's, they stymied. They stymied it. They, they stymied it. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, so so we we both narrow, uh, have the Eagles narrowly winning in this one. Um, Jimmy, do you have any other final thoughts before we wrap up this edition? You're really stymied me here, buddy. Yeah, I try.
2: No, nah, I think I'm
1: good. You happy with the uh, reception so far to BGN Radio? Of course, yeah.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. Good.
1: Glad to have you. Um,
2: Everyone's been so kind and
1: nice. <laughs> Basically, I'm just trying to make you say nice <laughs> things and so other people listen to us. Um, if you'd like, the, uh, Jimmy. The, your HR work.
2: department was, was uh, terrific. Okay, uh, cool. Su- Susie in accounting was very nice. Okay, she great. Gave, she gave me a pie. Oh,
1: that's great. What kind? What flavor? Apple. Uh, more of a pumpkin pie guy myself. Okay. But, uh, yeah, me neither. I don't like
2: any pie. I just... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It well, we'll get into that. I gave it to my parents. Uh, another. Okay, that's my fair. Mom. I give it to my mom.
1: So, that's good. If you like Jimmy and you like his addition to this podcast, you should definitely leave an iTunes review. Uh, Give us five stars. Tell us what you like about Jimmy or what you don't like about Jimmy or myself or whoever. Uh, But definitely give us five stars. That kind of helps the podcast, helps support us, helps other Eagles fans find the podcast. So, you know, do your fellow Eagles fans a solid and help them find the podcast. And speaking of fellow Eagles fans, the one thing I wanted to say as a final thought is so BGN is going to kind of have like a tailgate designated spot uh, in the Jetro a lot this year. Our good friend Seamus Clancy. You know Seamus, right, Jimmy? Of course, I know Seamus. He's going to be there with an actual like BGN flag that I'm going to hook him up with. He's also going to have some BGN logo t shirts there. So uh, if you're an Eagles fan and you don't have a, a spot at the tailgate, or you do, but you kind of want to go hang out with some other BGN people, uh, I'm not going to be there necessarily every week, depending on what the time is, you know, because I, I, I'm covering the game. Uh, I'm among the elite. Like Jimmy in the press box, but I will be there sometimes, maybe, and Seamus will definitely be there. So, definitely uh, go check that out in the Jetro parking lot and check out the article on bleedinggreennation.com for more information about that. Um, hoping to do some kind of that stuff, maybe do some BGN meetups in the future. Maybe if you're ever around Jimmy, kind of get you in there too. Maybe we can get some live podcasts going. A lot of hopeful things on the horizon. But I think that just about does it for this week's...
2: Wait, hold on, hold on. I do have one final thought before we go. Okay, let's let's hear it. On the review front... Yeah. First of all, you're going to have to show me where they are. But also, <laughs> the one review that you texted me was awesome. Where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about the, the... Yeah, the guy was like... Yeah, he, he, didn't, he, didn't like the, he didn't like the BGN Sports Minutes. And he's like, that Jimmy is an idiot, and you, you're you all class, Brandon, but that guy, if you don't fire him immediately, then you don't have any class, and Jimmy's blah, 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 and he went on and on, and then... Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was great. Like, I, uh, for what he said, it didn't match up with his star rating. <laughs> I, I like how you
1: only bring me down three stars. Um, <laughs> right. I, I guess, that's what does credit, that say about that's either a credit to you, my friend. I guess that, that is a, a good thing. So um, on that note, it, it has been a pleasure, as always, Jimmy. Uh, and again, check out Jimmy's work on Philly Voice. You can check out my work on bleedinggreennation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gautin. You can follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at... At Jimmy Kemsky. That does it, finally, this time, for real, Uh, for this week's edition of BGN Radio. We will be having a ton of more content coming your way. Uh, The Kiss and Solak Show, obviously, they're doing a great job, as always. Really like the new edition of the Babes on Broad podcast on BGN Radio here. That show has been pretty cool. They've obviously only had the one episode so far, but they will have another one this week, so make sure you check that out. And for real this time, for real, for real, for real this time, this is the end of the podcast. This has been BGN Radio episode (laughs) 81. We will talk to you next week.
2: P-G-N